the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad to have you here today. Today, as usual, we're going to be talking about another timely topic in the world of career development and job search. Today, we're excited to have Nancy Siegel with us. Nancy has 30 years of human resource experience in the federal government and has now moved out and does training for those in the federal government and also helps people who want to apply for federal jobs. So if you have any desire or in the future may have the desire or have a family member who may have the desire to work for the federal job, for the federal government, or really for maybe some other close um, agencies, you're going to learn a lot today from Nancy. So Nancy, we're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me, Marie. Um, the federal government is the largest single employer in the United States. So anyone who is thinking careers and is not including at least a look-see in the federal sector is missing a huge opportunity. Well, and I've talked to a lot of people lately who work overseas for the government as well through the Secretary of State or um, some other opportunities. So I think there's a lot of different ways that people are finding opportunity through the federal government, maybe even that we don't think about on a regular basis. Right, and not only does the Department of State have overseas offices, but most of our law enforcement uh, agencies do as well, like the Secret Service, like Customs and Border Patrol, um, various Defense Department agencies. There's even overseas offices in, of the Department of Agriculture in banking regulators, really the possibilities are endless. Yes, and as you said, largest employer here in the in the States, also lots of opportunity to travel or do different things. I have a friend who's um, married to someone who's working for a government agency, I'm not sure which one, and they are in the island somewhere and just enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's a you know temporary assignment, and then she'll be somewhere else again. But lots of opportunities for people of all ages. Some people who are kind of at the end of their career, I see doing this, and then of course, people who are at the beginning of their career and have all of that mobility. So, a lot of different opportunities available. But of course, we have to know how to get to them, and that's what you're an expert in. So we're happy to have you here today to talk about that. Well, thank you. So you have written books on writing federal resumes, on interviewing for federal jobs, on transitioning into the federal workforce, because it really is different. Tell us a little bit more about how applying for a federal job is different than applying for a private sector one. So I give lots of presentations on how to get a federal job, and usually I title them along the lines of, 
looking for a federal job? Forget everything anyone's ever told you about job search. There are so many things that are different about a federal job search. Thing number one, I think, is critical to understand for people is that the one or two-page resume that you have been taught is the standard across industry does not apply in the federal sector. A federal resume is typically four to six or seven pages. So that in and of itself is a huge difference just the resume and application process itself. Another piece that is very different, and that is how you can find jobs and how you can apply. Virtually all, not 100%, but well over 90 to 95% of federal jobs are posted Um, on usajobs.gov. And while in the private sector, it is so critical to network, and there's lots and lots of discussion about the hidden job market, in the federal arena, uh, if you cannot get past the screening part of it, the people you know cannot help you because everything, all the applications go through USA Jobs with a few notable exceptions, like the CIA as an example. And in order to get any kind of traction and have your resume in front of a hiring manager, you have to get through the system. And so on the private sector side, A lot of times the system can be subverted or worked around or fill in your own euphemism here. But on the federal side, if you can't get past the HR gatekeepers, who you know doesn't matter. So that is a really significant difference. Yeah, Um, that that networking can still be important, but it's not going to come into play until maybe the interview stage or those later stages, so you have to have the right document to even play the game. Correct. That's exactly the point. And, you know, when I talk to people about having a four or five, six, seven-page resume, their eyes start to roll back in their heads for all the obvious reasons. But one thing I think people fail to appreciate is that, From a federal perspective, if it is not on your resume, you did not do it. So let me give you an example of that. Um, I oftentimes work with clients who are coming out of the private sector, and they might be a director or a vice president or something else along those more senior lines. And I say to them, do you supervise people in this job? And they 
look at me and I can hear it in their voice. They sort of puff up and say, well, of course I supervise people. I'm a director or I'm a vice president or whatever. But from an and from an HR perspective in on the federal side, no one makes that assumption or draws that conclusion. So even if you're a director or vice president or again, fill in your job title, unless you say you're a supervisor or a leader or a manager, no one will make that assumption. And so one of the ways these resumes get so long is the level of detail that the resume has to contain because the HR people, like I said, who review this are not allowed to um, draw conclusions or make assumptions. So the level, the clarity the excruciating detail, all of that kind of thing is essential. The other thing that people find odd, we'll use that word, about federal resumes is the required information, things that you would never, ever put on a private sector resume. So an example of that would be one of the requirements for federal applications is how many hours a week the um, applicant works. So that's something no one would ever put on their resume on the private sector side. But if you don't include that information, because it's one of those little details that's required, a federal HR person can actually eliminate you from competition. Yeah, so there's all these details and all of this skill that they're trying to speak to. And then if I'm um, remembering right, it's been a while since I've helped someone with this, but they also don't mind or maybe even encourage repetition, whereas in a corporate resume we'd say, oh, you know, if you did that same thing in each job, we don't necessarily want to put it over and over again, but in the the federal resume, you want all of that detail, you want it all connected so that they can count the years, count the bullets, count count all of those skills in. Absolutely. Um, and the average federal job, not surprisingly, gets anywhere from four to six hundred to a thousand or more applications. Ooh. Yeah. Well, people still want federal jobs. You know, they may roll their eyes at federal employees writ large, but when it comes to their career, people like the idea of benefits, they like the idea of a level of job security, and there's still a defined retirement plan. Well, and that's funny because we like to villainize the, the tracking systems, the parsing systems, the scoring systems. But, boy, there's no way. I mean, even for a corporate, the average for a corporate position is 100, used to be like 120 or something that like that. And, uh, you know, there's just no way a hiring manager could look through all of those. So, of course, they need a hiring system, a, a technology to go through the resume, which is part of, why they are are so different and and in some ways how they're the same is the keywords yeah. and getting all of those skills are are important but at federal it's just 
one more level. It is. And, and let's talk about some of the ways they're different. And then I think it's important to talk about some of the ways they are the same. So we've already talked a little bit about the length. We've talked a little bit about the level of detail. We've talked a little bit about some of the funky requirements for things like how many hours a week you work, your supervisor's name, and other things of that ilk. Um, The other thing that is hugely different on the federal side of things is when you apply through usajobs.gov, you are required to answer as well, again, for most jobs, not 100%, but well over 90, you are required to answer what's called an occupational questionnaire. And an occupational questionnaire is a job-specific questionnaire, for lack of a better word, that tries to determine how qualified you are. And this is the only part of the federal job application that is automated. So, So, Nancy, we're going to stop here and take a break, but when we come back, we'll continue to learn about this questionnaire um, because this is critical. I know that some private jobs have you fill out something similar, but the federal one, I'm guessing, is much more stringent and Mm -hmm. we'll also dive more into what the differences are as people are are applying and some of the similarities. So we're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be back and continue learning from Nancy when we get back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference, every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Nancy Siegel, an expert in the federal hiring process, having spent her working years in the process as an HR person. Now she helps others who are trying to get in. So, Nancy, we've been talking about what's different between the resumes, and you were just sharing some of the differences in the application process, specifically this questionnaire, this automated questionnaire that's at the beginning of the application and why that is so important. Okay, thank you, Marie. Um, I think that questionnaire is critical for a couple of things. Thing number one, I encourage anyone that is thinking about applying for a particular job to review the questionnaire before they decide whether or not they wish to apply. And that's really important because if you cannot respond positively and strongly to all of the questions on the questionnaire, you are not going to be a competitive candidate and it is not worth your time. So that's something that's quite different than the private sector. As you noted before the break, the private sector has questionnaires as well, but the scoring on the federal side of things is absolute. And anyone who does not score, and this is a bit of an oversimplification, but anyone who does not score 100 on the questionnaire does not move on in the process. So, so if it's asking if they have a specific experience or if they can, can do something specifically, if they can't answer yes and fairly strongly, it may not be most likely not worth their time applying to that job. Correct. There are yes-no questions. There are also Likert scale questions, you know, from a five-point scale from the lowest, you know, I don't have this, I've never thought about it, and I can't spell it, up to the top of the Likert scale, which is typically, um, I'm an expert at this. And applicants should really look at these questionnaires ahead of time. Now, that being said, a lot of times people are hesitant to call themselves an expert, especially women. My view is that if if you really can't call yourself an expert or you're struggling between whether you're a four on the Likert scale or a five, you should go with a five. 
of course, you have to have a reason for rating yourself that way and your skills that way. Um, you shouldn't just go through and click 5555. Five, five, five. Uh, but this is the only thing that's uh, um, scored through automation. And anyone who doesn't score 100, again, that's an oversimplification, but the essence of it, if you don't score 100, the HR people do not print out and review your resume. So you're basically done. And I think it's really important to understand that there's no applicant tracking software or ATS in the traditional way we think about that on the private sector side. Real people review every resume that passes the initial automated scoring of the questionnaire. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So not only do you have to answer the questions correctly, your resume has to back up your answers. I like to call it showing your work. So if you've answered you're an expert in this, that, or the other thing, you have to show that expertness in your resume clearly and without assumptions. There's got to be some proof there. There has to be proof, and that, too, is what, what makes these resumes so long. Because if there's 20 questions or 30 questions, and you have to show proof of your answers to those 20 questions in your resume, that's just going to physically take up a lot of space. Yes. Well, and even though a human is looking at at them and we can do some things to make it easier to find the information, we don't want to go too far in cutting down or, or, you know, writing short because of that, because it's a different type of hiring process than the private sector, which you were talking about a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, More is better, but just like in the private sector, relevant. Do not waste my brain cells or eyes reading stuff I don't care about. Yes, it has to be showing that you fit those qualifications, showing the expertise that's in the, the area that you're applying to, but anything that does should be included, whereas a private, on the private sector, we might say, oh, you know, you've got to be even more selective and prioritize even more. Um, you, you know, I think this is an oversimplification or an exaggeration, but I once had someone tell me, you know, they, they're going to count the bullets, and you, <laughs> you, you want to make sure that you've got all of the bullets that you, again, that are relevant, um, because they're going to count those bullets, and it matters how many bullets you have. Again, that's an exaggeration, but the point was that you've got to have all of the content that shows that expertise and, and more content is, is better in this case if it's relevant. Correct. And let's look at it this way. Again, let's say you get four or five, eight hundred, a thousand or more applications. You know, the HR person 
has to read them all and score them by hand in a fixed time period. So the easier you can make it for the HR person, which was sort of your point, the more obvious we can make our answers, the more likely you are to score well. You know, it's one thing if you're the third, fourth, or maybe eighth resume that the HR person is reading. But if your resume is number 563 or 872, the attention span, then this is not a slam on HR people. This is just reality. The attention span and ability to discern what they're looking for is not nearly as good as it was when they started. Right, and this isn't too different. So when I worked at the university, it was a similar process um, working in, in that area, the admin, the uh, academic area, hiring a staff person where the people scored by hand. Thankfully, we only had like 25 or 30 that we had to score by hand. And then you were able to pick how many people you wanted to interview. And and for my story, that's where the networking came in because we were able to interview 13 people instead of 12 because I knew the 13th people, 13th person on the list, you couldn't skip people, but you could still, um, you could still go down as far as you wanted to. You decided how many people you wanted to interview. So they're rating all of these people by hand and that takes a lot of time and uh, maybe throws a little bit of a difference in from what people are thinking, because I think we we all think USA Jobs, of course, is one of those resume scoring systems, and, and it's not. No, and that is a major myth that a lot of people have. The only thing that's scored automatically is the questionnaire. Yeah. Multiple choice questionnaire. So... It's really important to think about your reader, as it is always in when you're resume writing, but think about it in a different way. Yeah. Well, and so we're going to take another short break here, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about um, maybe some age issues in the, sure. the federal government. You know, can you be too young to apply? Can you be too old to apply? I hear people talk about that. And um, then let's talk a little bit more about how you actually find these federal jobs, how, how people find, find the jobs and apply. What does that process look like in a little bit more depth? So let's go ahead and, and take our break. When we come back, we'll talk about some age issues, some more myths perhaps that are out there, and then dive a little bit into the process of finding and going through the hiring process for a federal job. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In this fast-paced, technologically driven world of business, the stress can be crushing. It's exhausting business leaders and burning out good employees. It is not enough to work from the top down. We must now learn to work from the inside out. Listen to Innovative Mindful Solutions with Terry Geller. We will discuss ways to transform roadblocking emotions using mindful-based tools you can incorporate into your business and your life right now. Don't stress. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Nancy Siegel, expert in the hiring process for federal jobs. And we've kind of dispelled the myth here, Nancy, that USA Jobs is a resume scoring technology. And I think one of the other myths that I hear both is on both ends of the spectrum that, you know, you, you can't get into the federal system if you're really young uh, because you don't have enough information perhaps to put into this kind of detailed resume or that you can't get in if you're older because they don't want people coming in that that aren't going to be there a long time or something. I don't know why people get that in their head. So share with me if you've heard either of those and what the truth is. Okay. Um, Absolutely. I get this question a lot. Let's start with the older end of the spectrum because I find – People over the age of 40 are hesitant, especially if they've spent their careers in the private sector. They're really worried about age in in terms of federal employment. So let me take this opportunity to put everyone's mind at rest. The average age of the federal employee is about 15 years older than the average age of the private sector employee. So the government, in terms of employees, trends older, significantly older, than in the private sector. Many, many people come into the federal government as a second or third career. They've done what they wanted to do, and... They want to have an opportunity to give back. 
so they take a look at the federal government and they worry, you know, can they get in? So my answer would be, yes, you can get in. Age is not an impediment. Um, There might be other impediments, but age is not it. And on the other side of things, for people coming right out of school, there are several government programs for students or recently graduated students or um, people with master's or law degrees. So the government has set aside certain jobs and certain hiring programs for folks right out of school. Well, I think I have an example of both. I believe that my friend I talked about is working in the islands, or his wife is. She's probably mid-30s, maybe 34, 35, Mm -hmm. and transitioned into, I think, a Department of State um, position. I think earlier I said Secretary of State because my Secretary of State paperwork is due to my state, but (laughs) Department of State position. And then I have a gentleman who had been working for a medical device company, had been an entrepreneur for a little bit, and then was also looking at a Department of State position outside of, of the U.S. And both of them, of course, um, on both ed- edges of that and able to be successful transitioning into the federal sector. Okay. Yep. So you prove the point. Um <laughs> I would not worry about any of those kinds of issues. The government is not only more um, age or generationally diverse, the government is also more racially and gender diverse than um, most private sector organizations. So, Yeah, well, and just the sheer volume of opportunities, right? You've got that... Um, lots of different ways you can get in and therefore ways that almost anybody, depending on their background and what position they're looking for. Um, I think the secretary of state position that my entrepreneur was looking at, that was part of what they were looking for was someone who had that background. So there's, I don't know, want to say something for everyone, but there's definitely more opportunities than people might think. Now, how do people go about finding these opportunities? You said earlier, you know, there's a hidden job market in the private sector, but not necessarily in the federal. So how do we find the opportunities? Okay. So all jobs, all federal jobs are required by regulation to be posted publicly. Okay. Now, that being said, the vast majority of jobs, and I don't want to get into HR geek speak here, but 90% of jobs are posted on usajobs.gov. So if you are interested in federal employment, your first stop should be usajobs.gov, and you should set up a profile, a user profile, and that profile will be will be used by federal HR people to get the basics for you, your name, your address, your um, those kinds of things. But also that USA Jobs profile, you can use that to set up an automatic search agent to send you jobs that meet your criteria. 
so you can have a search agent that focuses on, excuse me, you can have a search agent that focuses on occupation, on pay, on location, those kinds of things. Um, so I would recommend anyone who is interested in a federal employment set up a USA Jobs profile and search agent. There are some agencies, primarily in the intelligence community, like the CIA, I'll just use that as an example, that post their jobs on their own website. The CIA gets about 10,000 applications a month. Um, If they're interested in you, they will reach out. If they're not interested in you, you'll never hear from them because the volume is just so high. Please do not ever, ever, ever tell your audience or audience, do not ever, ever, ever pay anyone to show you the, quote, hidden federal job market. There isn't one the way we're thinking about it. And because it's the government and these job postings are open to everyone, you should not have to pay to get access to openings. So please do not ever pay. Right. And as we were talking about earlier, networking can still be important because once you get to that interview or um, perhaps you know somewhere else in the process, it would be beneficial for someone to know, like, and trust you, but you don't have to use networking to find the opportunities like you can in the private sector. That's exactly right. There are um, people out there or companies that will sell um, job listings, but they're basically aggregated listings from USA Jobs or the CIA's website and stuff like that. So stuff you can find on your own and honestly find easily on your own. I just hate to see anyone get duped in spending money on something they really shouldn't. Right. Help a, have a coach help you navigate the process and and add more value, help, the, help you apply, but no need to pay someone just to find those opportunities for you. Correct. That is so, absolutely. I think one of the other things people hear is that the federal process takes forever. It's not worth my time. It's too in-depth. What do you think? How long can people plan for the federal process to take? What does the <laughs> process look like? Um, all of the rumors that you have heard and your listening audience have heard are true. <laughs> I I get people all the time who call me and say things like, I need a job in two weeks. And I'm like, nah, the federal government is not your answer. I tell people, honestly, six to 18 months is a realistic time frame. Now, you can certainly get a job sooner than that, but the truth is it's not all that likely. Six to 18 months? Yep. Soup to nuts. And likely you will have to apply for more than one job. 
Now, again, I hope every one of your listening audience is is a disruptor and breaks that rule. It's not really a rule, but breaks that time frame. But I like to tell people to be very realistic, and that is a realistic time frame. The government doesn't move very quickly. The yeah. goal to fill a job is a, is 80 days. That's the goal. So that's three months almost right there. And that's if everything works the way it is supposed to. And that doesn't count security clearances or any of those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, lots of moving processes there depending on the position. Right. I suggest that anyone who's interested in federal employment keep their keep their private sector job or look for private sector employment at the same time. It is likely to happen more quickly. And then when the federal job comes through, you know, you can quit your private sector job. Well, and we, you know, even when people are job seeking in the private sector, it's it takes a long time there. It takes longer than people think there too. So it's um, just not a quick process all around. <laughs> well, and the accessibility of information, the ability to apply online. While that has certainly made things easier from an applicant standpoint, it has made it much more complicated, layered, and nuanced from an employer standpoint. Yeah. They have more candidates. Yeah. So, Nancy, we've enjoyed learning so much from you today. How can people stay in touch with you, get in touch with you, or learn more from you? So you can reach me on um, through my website, which is www.solutions-workplace.com. I have a weekly career blog at fedweek.com, F-E-D-W-E-E-K.com, where I try to keep people up to date on all things federal. And if people want to reach me individually, then come to me through my website. I'm happy to answer anybody's questions. This is not, I like to say, federal employment. It's not a natural act. You need help to understand the process, and I'm happy to do so. Wonderful, Nancy. Thank you so much. Listeners, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll finish up our show doing what I usually do for you, kind of tie a bow around it, give you the key points to think about as you walk away, as you think about applying for a federal job. And of course, follow Nancy, Nancy Siegel, S-E-G-A-L. You can find her on LinkedIn. You can find her on Twitter at Federal Jobs 101 and learn more from her. We'll be back here just in a few minutes, everyone, but we'll say goodbye to Nancy now, and thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, Marie. I've enjoyed it, and if your listeners have any questions or there's a need, I'd be happy to come back. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you. And we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Nancy Siegel, a HR expert in the federal hiring process. So, you know, you often have people talk about how to apply to federal jobs or what federal jobs are and what a federal resume looks like. And what I love about Nancy is, of course, that background actually in HR, hiring for federal jobs makes it so much easier to know that she knows what she's talking about. And, you know, we learn things every day, all the time. We have myths dispelled, which is great. Some of the key ones she talked about today is that USA Jobs, although you might input your your resume, it is not an applicant tracking system. And kind of a a newsflash here, as applicant tracking system goes even, well, it may be an applicant tracking system, but it's not scoring your resume, which is usually what people talk about when they're talking about applicant tracking systems is that it's a scoring system. And it's not. And that the hiring manager or the HR person is scoring your actual resume that you upload. So 
when you think about that and you want to create a resume that's easy for a human to read, there's so much out there right now about what works in ATS and what doesn't and what goes through and what doesn't and what can get scored and what doesn't. Isn't it just so nice to know that you don't need to worry about that for USA Jobs? You need to make sure it will go through and then it will download on the back end, which is actually fairly easy. You have to do some pretty creative things for it not to happen but that the human is reading and scoring your resume. They're not reading and scoring some output um, from an applicant tracking system. They're, they're actually going to download and read your resume. So the questionnaire, as she talked about, is important at the beginning of the application process. And this can be true in the private sector as well. For instance, our hospital, um, hospital the pre-questionnaire asks you if you've ever worked in a hospital or not. And if you say no, pretty likely you'll be kicked out. Um, she was talking about the same thing for federal, that of course it's an uh, oversimplification, but if you can't answer this, the question strongly on the questionnaire, it may not be worth your time. Something to check out before you take the time to put together that resume. Look at the questionnaire, see what they're asking for. That will give you some direction in what to highlight in your resume or what to make sure is in there as well as if it's a job that is worth your time to apply to. So myth number one is that, that USA Jobs is an applicant tracking system. Myth number two, maybe that you sh should or could apply even if you don't meet all of the required qualifications with the average resumes applications, which I did not know that the federal average resumes for each job was that high. She said somewhere 400 plus. I'm sorry, but it's just not very likely that you're going to get a position if you can't answer all of those requirement questions, as she said, strongly or very strongly. It's not the type of place where you can network in in the same way as the private sector. You have to meet those minimum qualifications. Part of the myths we also talked about were around age. You know, am I too young? Am I going to qualify? There might be programs just for you, and if you have all the qualifications, it doesn't matter your age, of course. And if you are older, that's okay, because as she said, the federal workforce is on average 15 years older than the private sector workforce. So don't let any either of those deter you. The one myth that, you know, maybe I was kind of hoping was a myth, that it turns out is, is quite not a myth is the length of time it takes to get a federal job. She said on uh, six to 18 months, it's a big range there, six to 18 months. We know in the private sector, it can be four to 12 months, depending on the level of position you're targeting. So six to 18 is just that one step longer and you wanna be prepared for that. If you're looking for a job quickly, it's probably not there. Your fastest job search is always the industry you already have experience in and the position you already have experience in. If you're looking to make a change, have to be realistic that that's going to take some time. And really in the federal market, it doesn't matter if you're how much of a change you're making or if you're staying very similar. It's just the process that takes a long time. Now, this idea of networking and, you know, is it important to network when you're looking for federal jobs? Yes, because people still like to hire someone that they know, like, and trust. So 
So it may not help you in deciding whether or not you are qualified and you get through the screening process, but it may help you in getting an interview. So I, I tell my story a lot about working at the university. We couldn't change the order. We couldn't change the scores. The scoring process was very set, but we could change how many people we interviewed. So I could go down further on the list to capture someone that I had some familiarity with and interview everyone in between. But there's the possibility for networking to make a difference, even though it's not going to skirt you around the process like it might in the private sector or provide you an opportunity to look at a position that you might not get an opportunity to look at like you might in the private sector. Everything in the federal government is posted. Please know that that doesn't mean that it might not already be filled, just like the private sector. So people always say, oh, you know, that applicant tracking system got me. It kicked me out right away. Well, possibly. It's possible that you weren't qualified. Possible that you couldn't answer one of the qualification questions strongly enough. It's also possible that they already had a short list or, or someone chosen for that position and just had to post it because of requirements. Probably less likely to happen in some agencies than in others, but happens everywhere. So you might not be networking to uncover a position, but networking can still help you have an opportunity to connect, get that interview, maybe have a better interview, etc. So no hidden market. Don't go paying people to help you uncover the federal hidden job market. There's always opportunities for coaches and resume writers to help you be more successful. But in terms of people saying they're going to help you uncover jobs that aren't posted, probably not when it comes to the federal sector. So when you're getting ready to apply for a federal job, check out the requirements, check out that questionnaire, make sure that it's really a good fit for you, that you have all the qualifications, you can answer all those questions strongly. And then you're going to sit down and write that very detailed long, as Nancy said, four to six pages, maybe even more, resume that shares every bit of proof you can muster, truthfully, that speaks to how you meet those qualifications. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at marie at astrategicadvantage.com, or of course you can find Nancy Siegel, S-E-G-A-L, on LinkedIn or at Twitter, Federal Jobs 101. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 